Next, on the 5 o'clock report. We are finished watching football. It was so jarring. Everything got silent. What I'm not going to do is blindly do what the swamp does. Why did you do it? High winds, awnings begin to blow away. Now, let's go to the newsroom. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Mark Webster. From players to prayers. We are finished watching football here tonight. ESPN's Joe Buck on the call. Members of the Buffalo Bills and host Cincinnati Bengals led the way as a nation focused its prayers and thoughts on Damar Hamlin, a Bills safety who remains in critical condition this afternoon, collapsing moments after tackling Cincy's T. Higgins during the first quarter of last night's Monday night football game. It was so jarring. Veteran NFL reporter Sam Farmer. It wasn't until you looked into the face of the players and saw their reaction did you realize that this was something extraordinary? Fans were also in disbelief. Everything got silent, even the Bengals fans. They never not. keep a player on the field that long. They never do. They try to, like, move him out the way so it's, you know, yeah, it, I, it was serious. Former Buffalo Bills center and current radio color analyst Eric Wood says it was surreal. It's unlike anything I've ever experienced in an NFL stadium before. You had maybe the most electrifying atmosphere of the season with this highly anticipated Monday night football game and then a completely silent stadium. Hamlin's family released a statement this afternoon thanking all who are caring for him and all who are praying for him. The main medical question is how much damage he might have suffered during a lengthy cardiac arrest. They started CPR right away, which is great. My hope is they were able to restore the heart rate soon enough to be able to get blood flow to the brain so there's no damage there. CBS News medical contributor Dr. David Ages. The NFL says that suspended Bills-Bengals game won't be made up this week and that Week 18's schedule is on as scheduled. 0 for 2. That's the tally so far this afternoon on the floor of the House as Kevin McCarthy searches for the votes needed to become Speaker of the Republican-led chamber. New York Congresswoman Elise Stefanik backing him. Madam Clerk, on behalf of the House Republican Conference, I rise today to nominate the gentleman from California, Kevin McCarthy, as Speaker of the House to lead America's new Republican majority. A conservative bloc has vowed to withhold support from McCarthy, saying he's not conservative enough to lead House Republicans. Pennsylvania's Scott Perry among them. Over the 14 years that he's been in leadership, he's done almost virtually nothing to change it. Texas Republican Chip Roy says the status quo has got to go. What I'm not going to do is blindly do what the swamp does. My constituents didn't send me here to do that. Is anybody listening to this actually happy with what Congress is doing? Florida Congressman Matt Getz is backing Ohio Republican Jim Jordan for the post. Maybe Jim Jordan is the right person for Speaker of the House because he is not beholden to the lobbyists and special interests who have corrupted this place and corrupted this nation under the leadership of both Republicans and Democrats. Yet cites Jordan's experience in carrying out congressional investigations, something high on the House Republican agenda. One new representative elect who's got troubles of his own is New York Republican George Santos, facing heavy criticism for admittedly lying about many of his qualifications. But political science professor Mr. Dan Casino says Santos will likely weather the storm. Most Republicans would have to vote with the Democrats to get rid of you, uh, and that's not likely to happen, especially given how narrow Republicans' majority is. So there's not really a downside for him to continue to try and serve out his term. Elsewhere this day, President Biden may be visiting the southern border later this month as part of a trip to Mexico. Senator John Cornyn says about time, adding it would at least show he cares. The Texas Republican also wants to put an end to what's called catch and release. Brian! 
Brian, did you do it? Brian, did you do it? The man accused of killing four University of Idaho students arrived in court today in Pennsylvania. Bystanders gathering in the rain shouting questions as Brian Koberger was escorted inside a courtroom for his extradition hearing. News 69's Rob Manch. Attorney Jason Labar says they made that decision because police already have evidence linking Koberger to that area at the time the crime occurred. Knowing, of course, that it's likely that they have location data from his cell phone already putting him on the border of Washington and Idaho, uh, so it was an easy decision. But despite the serious nature of the charges Koberger is now facing, Labar says his client is ready to cooperate. PA police are holding a news conference this afternoon. More wild weather down south as tornadoes ripped through Arkansas. One damaged a school and sent students and staff scrambling for shelter. School superintendent Melissa Spears. High winds, awnings begin to blow away, flagpole blows over, and students and staff begin moving to the safe room. And in a nearby town, Kristen Graves watched as her mother-in-law dodged danger. She was sitting in her chair and she heard the wind and saw some lightning, so she got away from the window and walked, and she was between where the two trees fell. Elsewhere, with more states legalizing marijuana use, more children are being sickened after consuming improperly secured edibles. More than 7,000 confirmed cases of kids younger than six eating pot edibles were reported to the nation's poison control centers over a five-year period. A study published today found nearly a quarter of those children were hospitalized, with some becoming seriously ill. CBS's Jim Crisula, a fond farewell today in Brazil. Some of the fans lining the streets of Santos and Sao Paulo were wearing Santos team shirts bearing Pele's number 10. They chanted team cheers and applauded as the fire truck bearing their hero's coffin passed. CBS's Vicki Barker. Still to come on the 5 o'clock report, Bills fans show their trademark generosity while pulling for Damar Hamlin. The Queen City mourning the fire deaths of five children and we'll have an update on the gas price situation in New York and Pennsylvania. This is meteorologist Ken McKinley with our Family Life forecast. Rain falling in many areas, but overnight we'll be left with quite a bit of fog with some very poor visibility in some areas. Temperatures won't change much overnight, generally staying in the 40s for most locations. Another round of rain is on the way for the afternoon and evening, and temperatures will remain well above normal for this time of the year through the day tomorrow and tomorrow night for that matter. Temperatures still rather mild for early January on Thursday. All right, thank you very much, Ken. Now checking the stories, making news where you live across New York and Pennsylvania. The tragic accident for the Bills player, Damar Hamlin, resulting in a massive outreach of tangible support for a charitable cause he started. After Hamlin's on-field heart attack, social media was quickly filled with prayers for the young football player and his family. Thousands of people turned their concerns and wishes into positive action. In 2020, Hamlin started a GoFundMe to buy a few thousand dollars of Christmas gifts for Kelly and Nina's daycare Center in McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. In the first four hours after the Monday night incident was broadcast on radio, TV, and the internet, the Chasing M's charity appeal had $1 million in donations. Since that time, that amount has doubled to over $2 million. Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. Thanks, Greg. The death toll following a house fire in Buffalo sadly has risen to five now after two more children passed away due to their injuries. Three girls who were seven, eight, and ten died at the scene in Dartmouth Avenue Saturday. Two other kids, a two-year-old girl, four-year-old boy, died at Oshai Children's Hospital. Their grandmother is also recovering from severe burns. Although a seven-month-old baby has been released after receiving treatment. A local pastor serving as the family spokesman tells WGRZ. There's a lot of healing. A lot of healing that has to take place. And it's going to take time to heal. 
but with your help and with prayer, we can definitely make that happen. The exact cause of that blaze remains under investigation. A rather unusual sight in the Rochester suburb of Brighton. Water leaking out of the Erie Canal. That concerns some residents nearby worrying it might be a sinkhole forming, but a canal official tells News 10 it's really just an existing drain that's being used to lower the water levels in connection with work being done on Canal Lock 32 over in Pittsford. That's the first time that plug has been pulled on the drain since the 1980s. New York State so-called gas tax holiday, a gift enjoyed by drivers statewide, but the new year brought the end of that temporary measure designed to partially offset fuel expenses in the inflationary economy. AAA's Mark Gruber tells WROC in Rochester. As we enter the new year, it's the worst news for, for drivers. Uh, we're going to be paying more at the pump. Uh, regardless of what the price of the fuel is to, to refine the fuel, we're going to be seeing an increase in terms of taxes, not just here in Monroe County, but across New York State as well. That tax relief measure had been in place since June 1st last year and dropped drivers per gallon price by an average of 16 cents. Meanwhile, in Pennsylvania, the state gas tax has just increased by another three cents a gallon. This is annoying. It's a Band-Aid on a heart attack. It's All it's going to do is increase suffering for people that have to get from point A to point B, take their kids to school, go to work. It makes no sense. Activist Eric Epstein says Pennsylvanians already pay on on average, 3.62 a gallon for gas. That's about 20 cents more than the national average. It's unnecessary. The money's not even going to go to fix roads and bridges. 50% of the money will be diverted. This is a shame. It's a sham. The Commonwealth now has the second highest gas tax in the country, trailing only California. Pennsylvania drivers will see some other changes taking place this new year. Governor Tom Wolf signing a bill to allow the operation of highly automated vehicles, also known as driverless cars. The Pennsylvania Turnpike is also cracking down and unpaid fees, as your vehicle's registration could be suspended if you owe more than $250 in unpaid toll fees. Shooting incidents in Brackenridge, Pennsylvania Monday afternoon left that borough's police chief dead and another officer injured. Authorities say that suspect Aaron Swan Jr. fled a traffic stop Sunday night, leading officers on vehicle and foot pursuits yesterday morning and shot officers at two separate locations Monday afternoon. Allegheny County Police Superintendent Christopher Kearns. There was a car chase. The suspect crashed the car and fled into the woods. Fleeing from the officers, the suspect fired at the officers. Police Chief Justin McIntyre identified as the officer killed. The second officer, whose name has not been released, was wounded in the leg. Suspect Swan shot and killed by police last night in Homewood. A controversial education network formed to keep tabs on Pennsylvania school districts. Yeah, this group is enlisting volunteers to track policies being put forth by conservative school boards. It calls itself Education Voters PA, and it's recruiting people to follow school school board meetings. The liberal group plans to create a database of what it describes as harmful actions being considered by school boards. It wants to keep tabs on book bans and policies it deems as harmful to gay, lesbian, and transgender students. Brandon Dixon, Family Life News. Thank you, Brandon. The new year often ushers in a new battle of the bulge for people determined to make this the year they're going to lose some weight, only to surrender and defeat a few weeks later. Rochester area nutritionist Summer Williams tells WROC short-term fixes just never work. You have to change your eating habits. You have to work on that as a person in order to really ultimately get to where you want to be and stay there because that's the key. People lose weight and they gain it right back because they're taking these quick fads and they're doing these pills and they're doing whatever, you know, and they don't understand why it's not working. Williams says the right way to lose weight and keep it off is to be in a calorie deficit, which is burning more calories than you're consuming. She also says once you have a solid plan of action in place, you got to be patient to see some lasting results.
and tales of kindness and heroism continue to emerge from the blizzard of 22. The old saying is any port in a storm and one life-saving port was found at Townline Lutheran Church in Alden, New York, which took in dozens of stranded travelers. Church trustee David Luterman tells WKBW. Townline Lutheran Church is a servant community. That's what made it so nice was all these different walks of life, different nationalities, different religions, all coming together under one roof so that they could be safe. Yeah, it was nice. Luderman says it was amazing to see how the town of Alden came together to help those stranded by the blizzard. All right, your nightly market report is up next, brought to you by Ambassador Advisors. Here's Family Life's Dave Margalotti. Stocks moving lower on the first day of trading, but saw the worst of their losses just before the close. Apple and Tesla were a drag on the major indexes as they sank 3.7% and 12% respectively. Energy companies were lower across the board as natural gas prices fell related to warmer weather. General recessionary concerns are the main focus for analysts as they await impactful economic reports this month. Oil dropping more than $3 today, closing at $77 a barrel. The Dow was down 10 points, the S&P 515, and the Nasdaq fell 79. Ambassador Advisors is a Christian financial planning firm helping faithful stewards do more. Online at AmbassadorAdvisors.com. This is the 5 o'clock report on family life. Have you checked the price of 10 lords a-leaping lately? Hi, I'm Rob West with a Faith and Finance Minute. The 12 days of Christmas that we hear about in the song began on December 25th, and so today is the 10th day of Christmas when my true love gave to me 10 lords a-leaping. According to a price quote from the Philadelphia Ballet, hiring 10 lords this year would cost $14,000, a 24% increase over last year. Well, you're probably not hiring any leaping lords, but here's the point. That sharp price increase is just one more piece of evidence regarding the impact of inflation. Prices are up for all kinds of things, so be realistic about what things cost when putting together your budget for 2023. Get biblical answers to your financial questions in the Faith Buy community. Download Faith Buy, Faith and Finance in your app store or visit faithbuy.com. All right, coming up on the 5 o'clock report, if anybody said it wouldn't last, boy, were they ever wrong. Go into the chapel and gonna get married. This is meteorologist Ken McKinley with our Family Life forecast. Rain falling in many areas this evening will be winding down as we head through the evening, but overnight we'll be left with a lot of clouds and quite a bit of fog with some very poor visibility in some areas. The temperatures won't change much overnight, generally staying in the 40s for most locations. Another round of rain is on the way for the afternoon and evening, and temperatures will remain well above normal for this time of the year through the day tomorrow and tomorrow night for that matter. The rain will wind down and end tomorrow evening. We may see a few breaks in the clouds on Thursday, but also the possibility of some showers in western areas in the afternoon. Temperatures still rather mild for early January on Thursday. Thank you, Ken. And finally at five. Love and marriage, love and marriage. A Lancaster County, Pennsylvania couple recently marked their 80th, yes, 80th wedding anniversary. Robert and Edith May Shum, now both 102 years old, met in high school in 1936. She noticed him right away, and after one date to a football game, she tells WGAL that was it. <laughs> Big deal. And his dad took us. Did you want to go with him? Oh, naturally. I had picked him out. And he knew it, too. I thought, oh, my, that's the girl. We wanted to eventually 
actually marry. I, I assume that. Well, it took some time to get settled, though. Robert went off to college in Illinois, leaving Edith May behind. We had correspondence then, back and forth. Finally, we decide, yes, we're going to get married. And finally they did, December 26, 1942. Bliss was interrupted again not long after, this time by World War II. His number came up. We were there about five months to Uncle Sam threatened to draft me. Well, Robert survived his tour of duty in the Pacific, and this time he was home to stay. And of course, you've got to ask, a couple married 80 years, what's the secret? We hold each other up. I guess the, the secret would be don't go to bed mad. Good advice there. If you're wondering, the Guinness World Record for longest marriage ever, 86 years, 290 days. I hope they beat it. That's the world we live in for Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. Thank you again for joining us. I'm Mark Webster, Family Life News.